1: Welcome to the Start Me Up Podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Muller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is Allison Gill of the Muller She Wrote and Daily Beans Podcast, also MSW Media. We have a lot to talk about as the election is one week away. But before we get into it, the Start Me Up Podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com slash start me up check out all the tiers i do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads you can hear the free shows on tuesdays and thursdays and they're followed up by what's up a show just for patrons where i talk about anything that comes to mind it's a little more personal kind of like my online diary visit patreon.com slash start me up and don't forget you can find start me up on itunes stitcher and wherever podcasts are found now please enjoy my conversation with allison gill Welcome back to the show, Allison. Hello. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm hanging in there. Hanging in there. Okay. I'm glad. I'm so glad that you said you would come on the show today. There's all these things I want to talk to you about. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about the election, and obviously, we're going to talk about Garland and all that stuff, but I want to kind of start with um, the fact that you and a bunch of other people went to the White House, and I think that's so cool. I I, I, I don't know if there's stuff, you know, if you can share everything. It's my assumption that they recognize the value in your massive platforms and your, you know, everyone who went are really good at messaging. Can you just share a little bit about that experience? Because we all saw the pictures.
2: Well, we're all paid CIA operatives <laughs> and um, some of us, you know, m- 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 and so, you know, we, we just, you know, when we need to meet up and go there and get our, pick up our sore money uh, and, so and have our deep state taco Tuesday is basically how it went. <laughs> it no, was- um, you know, first of all, thank you for acknowledging that. It was an amazing trip. We yeah. called it Twitter prom. Aww. And, um. Yeah, a bunch of um, you know, a bunch of folks that are good with messaging and have mm-hmm. big platforms and have a big reach, and get a lot of good engagement, uh, were invited to the White House for policy briefings, mm-hmm. basically, wow. from, uh, from amazing policy wonks, um, to you know, make sure that we know mm-hmm. everything that the Biden administration has done. And is doing. And, you know, some of the very cool programs that are coming out of, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act, for example, and that um, we, you know, we we got some information about how um, Sparks, who makes offshore wind turbines, the big giant steel ones met with the head of the steelworkers union, in and and like Marty Walsh and Joe Biden and them just sat down and made a decision that all steel used to build offshore wind turbines would be U.S. made union steel, hmm. which is greener and cleaner than anything we get in China. Mm-hmm. And so just stuff like that, just really interesting talking points and and policy. And then we got to meet the chief of staff and he knew who I was, which freaked me out. Wow. Um, Ron Klain. And I got to meet um, the second gentleman, Doug Emhoff. It was wonderful.
1: Well, I'm not surprised he knew who you were. I mean, you have a massive uh, reach and your tweets are great. I'm not just kissing your ass. I really mean that. I mean, uh, you know, I, I can kiss your ass, but that's not the point here. The point is there are... Obviously, there's a whole bunch of people who have these huge followings, and i I thought that was fucking brilliant of the White House to do that and you know it's 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 an idea that I would have had and you know, if I worked in the White House, I would be like, use these people because they have a <laughs> huge reach and so they did, and I was really happy to see it and it was fun to see all of you guys together, and I'm just you know so proud to even know you, so there's that um, and then, okay, now let's just dive into. Some of the uh, crazy things that are going on today. One of the things I do want to bring up, and I don't know if you're watching it, but I believe, God, where is it? i don't I think it's on showtime. There is a documentary about the Lincoln Project. Have you heard about it? No, it's fucking fascinating. no matter what you think about them, and i I will say it, you know, I've seen two. There's five. Um, it's favorable, right? so who and and you know who is the producer? and uh, Fisher Stevens do you know he used to date Michelle Pfeiffer um, yeah. he, he's an actor but so he's one of the producers and so they're just following the Lincoln Project in the 2020 election I, I highly recommend this um, but here's what I wanted to bring up that this in, in, sh- in episode 2 one of the conservative women working at the Lincoln Project was talking about the confirmation and uh, the nomination and confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett and she was saying, I think we can say now, w- straight up, that Roe is in danger. We're, we could lose Roe. And she said as soon as that happened, as soon as that uh, confirmation happened, she got calls from five or six of her conservative friends who are fiscally conservative, but who are kind of like socially liberal, and they were freaking uh- out. Now, this was in 2020. So, I mean, take that to now where it has been killed. Roe has been killed. And, you know, I mean, I just I want to hear your thoughts on just this basic you posted the politics girl video that it's it's not about abortion or the economy because abortion is part of the economy. We'll talk about it in a minute. But I'm just wondering, you know, you and I have talked about the decision to kill Roe and how it has engaged, all. you know, uh, woken up the beast, so to speak. But obviously, you know, you've got the young people, you've got a lot of liberal people, liberal people who are upset about this but what do you think the impact is going to be from conservative
2: women and this decision? Well, I think, I think we saw a taste of it in Kansas. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think we're going to see it in Michigan and everywhere else that it's, you know, <clears throat> a referendum. Yeah. Because yeah. either <laughs> kill or protect it. Um, and so, yeah, I think that I, I have a feeling that all the polling is wrong. Huh. Yeah. And, We are actually going to see quite a huge uh, blue wave, like we did in 2018. The problem is Carvel, James Carvel in 2018 (laughs) screwed us. Yes, he did. Uh, He came out, and because of the red mirage, Mm -hmm. uh, which is now you know 50 times worse because we have you know COVID and mail-in voting. This was pre-COVID. But there's still it still takes weeks and weeks to count ballots, like in California mm-hmm. and um, in New York, and we we didn't you know we didn't learn some seats until December. Yeah. Who? And so, but he came out and said, "Well, where's this blue wave? I don't see it. Looks like more." You know, he, yeah. he he just he he kind of <laughs> made everyone believe there was no huge blue tsunami in yeah. 2018, which there was. Yeah. And so, I think we're going to see something similar. Um, But, you know, not because not because just democracy is on the ballot, but, you
1: know, Roe. Yes, 100 percent. Yeah. And that's what politics girl was talking about. She and then fucking Chris Christie, of all people, is explaining to us now that nobody cares about abortion and that the Democrats have completely missed this one. And I just want to smack his fucking face. But beyond that. Uh, You know, Politics Girl is talking about how there is this conversation right now, and it's like, well, what is it? Is it abortion or is it the economy? Americans care more about the economy. And then she points out abortion has something to do with the economy because when people are forced into birth, that changes the whole dynamic. Families who are, you know, barely making ends meet and they have three kids find out that the wife is pregnant and they can't afford it and now they're forced into childhood and now they can't fucking afford their fourth kid that changes the dynamic and it, and it has something to do with the economy that's just one aspect of it but I, I do believe because we're seeing you know I, Brooklyn Dad Defiant had tweeted out that the major a lot of the polls I don't know if it's the majority but a ho- huge portion of the polls are being funded by Republicans right now which means that we can't fully trust them and so with the youth there's also people complaining that youth isn't coming out but that we just there was just a tweet earlier today I don't think I I don't think I have it here but it was just talking about how the youth um, vote is higher and it's higher than it was in 2018 so and- yeah I think that um, I'm going to look for it now but here it is. It's Victor. She says, get this, Pennsylvania, 69.2% of young voters are returning their ballots for Democrats. Exactly two years ago, that number was 50, that was in 2020, 51.9%. So this is a big deal. And I'm, I'm wondering too, now, I, I'm with you on this blue wave, and I'm with you that I think the polls are wrong, but do you think that this is going to be, like, we're going to, do you think it's because it's a combination of, like, Republicans either not voting or voting for Democrats because of Roe, young people showing up because of the obvious things like Roe, gun violence, and climate? Do you think that it's going to be across the board uh with, with all the different groups in the democratic party. And then even some people in, you know, whether it's the Republican party or independence, do you think it's just going to be like, do you think there's one group I should say that's going to really blow everybody's mind? Or do you think it's just like a combination of all of us? Uh, I, well,
2: I mean, if we could just call young women, one group, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> two groups. Um, it, the thing is, is that a, a lot of men aren't going to vote. Mm-hmm. A lot of men normally don't vote. Yeah. Um, and a lot of just, well, I'll just say it, white dudes are, are probably not going to vote. Mm-hmm. They really only come out for presidential elections, um, which sucks because, you know, you, you'd you like to think the allyship is there. Right. But I the amount of women and young people will make up for the men who sit sit this one out and plus a little bit more. And, you know, we already come at it, come at it from a deficit because of voter suppression and gerrymandering. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, we, we already have. Ground to make up just to be even Mm -hmm. and so i think that a huge blue tsunami looks like maybe gaining my prediction has been gaining two house seats and three senate seats Mm -hmm. and that's a blue tsunami you know like that's huge turnout (laughs) (laughs) right
1: yeah Yeah, because there are so many things working against us and Mm -hmm. um so how confident are you that that's going to happen
2: that's just my prediction right um that's what I that's what I think um uh yeah I've got a couple I I rarely make predictions because you know except except when Roger Stone got arrested I knew that one (laughs) Um, yeah people love to play the fantasy indictment league but I truly believe we will get three three senate seats and two house seats we'll gain and I truly believe Donald will be indicted for the documents case sometime around the end of the year and I truly believe he will be indicted for 1512C2 obstructing an official proceeding in 371, which is uh, defraud the United States conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, and I think that'll happen probably in April or May. And I've been saying April or May 2023 since, since you know, 2021. I've been saying that for a while. Why, why that time? That is the, that's the Watergate timeline. I'm just oh, going on the old good old Watergate timeline.
1: Yeah, and I saw you had uh, posted an article from The Hill that the GOP is bracing for indictment after midterms. And so, yeah, I think that I I agree with you. I think we're going to see indictments coming, and it's probably not going to be like Wednesday after the election, and we are going to probably also be counting ballots for quite some time. But I do think that's going to happen. And I think actually for all of the people complaining that it didn't happen fast enough or it didn't happen – You know before the midterms that it was actually there were some people out there arguing that if trump wasn't indicted that it was going to depress turnout i actually see it the other way around and it's not that the doj should be thinking this way or anybody i mean i it's just i think that if donald trump were indicted before the election i actually think that would probably work against democrats because there might be some independence out there i mean obviously nobody nobody's going to like it on you know on the red hat side but when it comes with ind- to independence, I think it's, you know, I don't know how they all think. They, they they don't think like I do, and so you know, I mean, I'm a progressive woman, so I, I think some people might be easily swayed to say, oh, you know what, they're this is a political move that they're indicting Trump, and I ah, fuck that, I and and lump them in with the Democrats. So I just think that again, it has nothing to do with the DOJ. Just my personal opinion that waiting until after the election is a better is better for the democrats do you do you agree with that
2: yeah i mean i don't think doj does anything um you know based on timing um they certainly right. don't indict 60 days ahead of an election and i know yeah people like trump's not on the ballot but he is the de facto leader and he has endorsed many many candidates and an indictment of him would impact the elections mm-hmm. like you said it could increase Dem turnout, but I'm—I I agree with you. I think it would decrease Dem turnout. People would be like, "Well, we're done. We don't need right. to do any more." Um, yeah. Unfortunately, there's just a lot of people who who think that way, uh, <laughs> and you know, there are a lot of there are a lot of uh, rage peddlers yes. on social media who nothing will ever be good enough. Mm-hmm. When Donald gets indicted, it'll be about time. Right. That's that's or or okay now do Giuliani or you know exactly. Whatever.
1: Um,
2: yes. and oh, and they'll continue to say you know if if for some reason we lose the midterms, they'll blame Merrick Garland. Right. Oh, of course. Yes. Absolutely. Look, I told you I was right. My rage was right. Keep mm-hmm. clicking. Keep monetizing my mm-hmm. social media for me because you hate. <laughs> Sells. It it's so <laughs> it's so i'm laughing uh,
1: but it's true it's actually quite I'm, sad and true <laughs> to be fair i went
2: off on Kendallanian last night on twitter but uh
1: you know <laughs> i know well let's talk about that because what i, I can't remember did, you didn't say i can't i, I don't want to say what i thought you said because it's probably way too crude <laughs> but um so explain explain that whole scenario
2: he was, he was on MSNBC or NBC saying that, uh, you know, this, this guy who attacked Pelosi, uh, Paul Pelosi in his home, you know, it's, it's not a assassination. It's not, it's just, you know, it's, it's rhetoric and blah, blah, blah. He, I mean, he was really downplaying the seriousness, you know, the political implications and, um, that this was terrorism. He's like, don't call it terrorism. It's not terrorism. It's just, oh you know, one guy who hates politics or whatever. Like, it was just, I was like, my God, dude, you were so wrong about the Mueller report mm-hmm. and you are so wrong now. Wow. Um, and, I, and so I put up some pretty angry tweets. <laughs> um, and then I was like, you know what? I don't want to be a rage peddler, and I'm also trying to sell a book, so I was like, maybe that doesn't look too good. <laughs> uh, so I totally took him to down the tweets. <laughs> Ken and man. Like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, you know, you were right. So there is that. But I'm so angry, I was so angry that he was downplaying what yeah. happened to Paul Pelosi. I know. Well, and what's happening with the whole? Oh my God, what they're doing on the right? I swear to God, I can't even. You know, I was talking to my mom yesterday morning. Just about what we were seeing from the right and she said they're morally bankrupt and I felt like morally bankrupt sounds like we're describing them in a friendly way compared to how they're behaving. I can't even come up with a word. I can't believe what I'm seeing and fucking Don Jr. retweeting that bullshit costume idea which was underwear and a hammer and then of course what we're seeing right now Uh, you know, guys showing, you know, there's a bunch of guys standing in front of a house holding hammers, and all the right is just fucking laughing at this. And it makes me think of chicks on the right who I always think of them because they mocked me at the beginning of my, you know, I don't know, my online career because I was in Rock the Slut Vote, and they just had to mock, endlessly mock Rock the Slut Vote. But they often complain that liberals call them mean. Well, yeah, because you are. I, I just can't even fucking get over this. It's it's, uh, it's upsetting, and I don't know how to process this as a human being. No. I mean, it's just it, – it's it's something that I could have never imagined in my life. I just – I don't know. I, I can't believe it. They're only going to get worse, and I think that anybody who would be willing to laugh at an 82-year-old man who was bludgeoned in the head with a fucking hammer and in the ICU is funny. I, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs>
2: it's it- – really really upsetting yeah um you know especially to uh to those of us who are trauma victims oh wow yeah it's like um it defending paul pelosi you know for getting hit in the head with a hammer by a guy who confessed to doing it yeah Yeah. Uh, it's just like it's that gaslighting it's that yes it's endless and, you know, there's some really Im- important, um, in, you know, disinformation uh, experts out there saying, look, in those two days that it took to get a confession and a police report out, the right floods the zone mm-hmm. with disinformation. Yeah.
1: Flood the zone with shit. That's what Steve Bannon told them to do. And they're still mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah, oh, my. that's
2: <sighs> That's the way that they get their conspiracy theories out there. They mm-hmm. all have the same message. Mm-hmm. And they, they do it fast and they do it repetitively. Yeah. And they, and they make you feel like an idiot because mm-hmm. you're sad that an 82-year-old guy got hit in the head with a hammer. Yeah. It's it, it's like – it's very, very – you know, I come from – I had an abusive marriage, mm-hmm. and it's very frustrating to be like, you had a gun yeah. on me, and you're trying to tell me that I'm, you know, the bad guy or right. whatever. It's yeah. like uh, – it's so wow. – it it's very triggering. Um, and so I, you know, my heart goes out to to everybody who's kind of dealing with that, and of course to the whole, you know, to the Pelosi family. Uh, that's just it's ugh, it's unbelievable even, I mean, I it's me. Imagine. I'm I'm with you. I like never thought I would see today. Yeah,
1: I mean, and they're literally. It's like the, I just don't have words because no matter what word you could come up with, morally bankrupt, deplorable, disgusting, toxic, it just doesn't even seem to cover the d- the grotesque behavior that we're seeing from them, and they just keep doubling down on it. And I guess. I mean, it's weird because it's almost like I want them to, to be as horrible as they can be because I think that horribleness is going to turn mm-hmm. off enough people. And it's really sad that it's come to that. You know, we like to pride ourselves as a nation of being so, you know, above everybody else and so superior, but mm, <laughs> not so much. Um, not, anymore. not Not anymore. Not anymore. All right, so we have to take a quick break, but we'll be back after this message. Oh, hey, it's Kimberly, the host of the podcast you're listening to right now. Are you my patron on Patreon? If not, it's really easy to sign up. Just go to patreon.com slash start me up. Check out all the tiers. I do a patrons only show after every free show and I talk about whatever. It can get crazy in there. So again, just go to patreon.com slash start me up. Check out the tiers and become my patron today. Thank you. And we're back. Um. All right. So I gotta bring it up. I gotta bring it up. Fucking Elon.
2: Um, <laughs> I'm so angry. Um. This this is another thing I'm mad about. I worked really, really hard. I know. Uh. For for my platform, and and my verification badge, which mm-hmm. took ten denials, <laughs> and I finally got it. Uh. And and it and that keeps me safe. Right. Exactly. From stalkers and predators and. And people who would pretend to be me yes. get information about me. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people never understood that. They're like, oh, why do you care so much? I'm like, because I, I feel very unsafe. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can just leave Twitter. No, not really, Brad. <laughs> but thanks for your input. Why is it always dudes? Okay, so, <laughs> so now it's like anyone can just get one. You just have to pay for it. Right. I'm like, dude, I could have bought it a year ago. I would have. Right. Like it's kind of just discredits all of the important work that people have put in. It feels like I have an intruder in my house. Yeah. And I mean, I I did a
1: thing, a patrons only show today, and I was talking about it there. And this one was a woman. But I had posted yesterday. I mean, initially, the reason the verification was created was so that you could say oh that is Julia Roberts oh that is you know Robert Acosta whatever because anybody can create a a Twitter account or a Facebook account slap up a picture and I mean you know I told the story that when I first joined Facebook I it was like 2007 I was not internet savvy at all and I had a crush on Benicio del Toro so I found him on Facebook and I sent him a friend request and oh my god I got this thing that says Benicio del Toro has del Toro has accepted your friend request and I'm like <laughs> holy shit and of course it's not Benicio del Toro and I figured that out pretty quickly but that was like in 2007 and now I see there are people who create the clone accounts so like let's just say they were going to cl- create a Mueller she wrote and I I don't know how many you have now coming up on. Four hundred thousand followers, but if there is a clone account and they go around f- you know f- friending or following everyone, people will follow them back and go, "Oh Muller Shiro followed me they don't look at the bio, they don't look at how many you have they just go, Oh Muller Shiro followed me and then they'll follow back and they well, don't that, think
2: like, about it't Reeves is following me right now so I I'm know
1: me too. <laughs> And so, but people still fall for it. And the, and, and if they're going to fall for it, then they're going to send money. They're going to they are going to be led in a different direction. They're going to click on links that are, you know, f- fishing for their data. And so, yeah, it is a protection. It, it, and it makes you know, like, for, uh, you know, Sean Cassidy, who I can't even fucking believe, follows me on Twitter. But I know it's the real Sean Cassidy because of his blue check. And so this yeah. woman came on and she was um, – she said, well, now, now you guys aren't going to be able to feel all superior to the rest of us. And I was just like, that's, that's a high school mentality. It's not about feeling superior. It's about people who are, have a public image want to you know, basically protect their, their image and have people know, oh, this I can trust. Because when you fucking get a verification bag, you have to give them your, your uh, information,
2: I- you, you know, <laughs> your driver's license. Yeah, and I'm wondering if anybody, anonymous accounts can be verified. I wonder if it's just anybody who just yeah. pays him eight bucks or whatever the fuck. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. But, you know, also, I have an abusive ex-husband who tried to kill me, who could right. pose as me and get my address by asking someone to for it through right. my account. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like. People don't understand the safety issue. Yeah, um,
1: exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's a safety issue. It's protecting, you know, your work and your content. And as you said, I've seen you, we've all seen you work your ass off to build the following you have and to get invited to the White House to be taken seriously because you have worked really fucking hard and you do a good job. And and, and that should be – it's not about status And people, I think users make it about status because there's greed and envy. And as I said on my patrons-only show too, hey, man, there's people who have things that I want. And I don't have them. I don't get all bitter about it, you know. It's like, well, they have it, I don't. Maybe I'll have it, maybe I won't. But my life won't end if I don't have it. So who give it? And if I was still a fucking outside sales rep, I wouldn't give a shit about having a blue check. <laughs> you know, it's like, who cares? <laughs>
2: this is my job.
1: Yeah, it's your job, and that's the other thing. Like when you said Brad or whoever, you know, like go go somewhere else. Well, when this is your job, I don't make money off of Twitter. But I post my shit on Twitter, and that's how I grow my business. So I don't have the luxury of just leaving social media.
2: That's where I work. And yeah, and uh, you know, uh, trying to put this, trying to sell a book. Yes, part of my my appeal to publishing houses. Right, is very engaged Twitter following and my verification status. Yes, and a lot of publishing houses now are now looking at mm-hmm. like, well, can we even bank on anyone's Twitter anymore? Right. And it's, it's very, very sad. It's, it's, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to try the blue sky mm-hmm. thing. But did um, you see, did you see the article
1: that said Jack Dorsey and Elon are working together on that or like, yeah. Not,
2: yeah. But okay. like, no, there's no, <laughs> Look, every social media platform is going to have something shitty about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Twitter Twitter has been, you know, partly owned by the Saudis forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Facebook is Russian propaganda, and it's got Zuckerberg sitting at the top. Yeah. Uh, They're all bad, right? So I'm looking for the the lesser of the evils, you know? Yeah. Well,
1: I did join. Of course, I joined Counter Social just to check it out, and it's funny because... (laughs) I said I was going to interview today, and so many people are like, Tell her to come over here. Um, and, you know, I, I will say I'm not a big, huge fan of Counter Social just because of the layout. It's very um, busy and, and slightly confusing, not user friendly. Um, and, and I've talked about, I talked to you a little bit about this before the show, but I've been talking to a guy who is creating a new website as well. Now, I will say, I don't know if that's ever going to take off. I have absolutely no idea where this new site will go. I'm part of it though. I'm weighing in. I'm giving, you know, I'm getting other people to weigh in on, you know, their experience there and give them feedback for for launch. But um, I think I think the most important thing is about this Twitter situation, I think we learned with MySpace, you know, like okay, something that's really popular and everybody is on or a whole bunch of people are doesn't mean it's going to last forever and I don't know how it's going to work because it's like everybody in the fucking world who's important is on Twitter. You've got heads of state. You've got all of the uh, you know, Washington Post. Granted, they are on Facebook too, but it's not the same kind of experience as it is on Twitter. I'm hoping that this new website could be something, even if it's not going to replace Twitter, it would be something where people can go. And the one thing I will say that I know that's different is the guy who created it is – not he's not an oligarch and he's he he does come from a place of love and when i say that i just mean he's not an asshole would he become an asshole i don't know i would hope not but i don't think so because he's old enough now that i think that if he were to find the success it wouldn't go to his head i would i would hope that
2: (laughs) yeah so we'll see and that's awesome you know and and I, i will try other things but you know i'm 50 and it took me five years to get this yeah and um so i you know i'll go other places and i'll check it out and i'll try things but it'll never be what i worked to get here and i feel like it's already gone i know so there's a bit of there's a bit of sadness there no i totally
1: Um, i'm with you i i and the other the other part is i see celebrities leaving and none of them that i know but i mean i know a few celebrities on twitter some of them have been on my show and you know if they leave i'll probably just lose all the contact with them You know, and it's not that we're best friends, but I've made, you know, associations on Twitter that are
2: basically on Twitter, and if Twitter's gone, they're gone. I get to talk to John Cusack and 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 Booger from Revenge of the Nerds (laughs) and and Jane Lynch, you know. Uh, So, you know, it's it's you know very important. Like I I can't explain it, and it shouldn't be. Like I should. I feel like we had a good run. I know. I know.
1: That's how I feel. Well, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, there is some, what's the word? How could I say this? I mean, there's there's something beneficial, I think, from the breakup of something so big. Although, you know, I mean, I will say, people have talked about Twitter being a hellscape prior to Musk, and I disagree. It was not. Yes, for some, it was, depending on who you were and what you were doing. But for the majority of users. Twitter was fun, and you could hide replies and blocks, and you could get along on it. Yes, there's trolls, but they were not ruining my life, and so I think sometimes we have a tendency to be, you know, to exaggerate how bad something might be because it sounds cool, but Twitter really wasn't that bad. It was actually kind of a fun place, and now, I don't know. I just, I, I he is horrible, and I hope that this, I hope that this ruins him. I think I saw somebody say, I hope, Twitter is ruined because of Musk and then the reply was I hope Musk is ruined because of Twitter and I'm on the ladder because I I hope that he is and I I think I think this
2: will ruin him.
1: Um anyway. And and I wanna be clear, I'm not
2: leaving the app. Yeah, me neither. I am not ceding any ground uh to to the Saudis or disinformation machines or or you know, bro dudes that think they're awesome that aren't. Um, (laughs) I'm not leaving. And you know, I lost. We all lost a couple thousand followers, yeah. I think. Uh, but I've got them back and more, and I'm back up on the I'm back on the upside again. So oh, that's good. i not. But I lost it, about a thousand. It'll see. You know, I'll I, I'll I'm not leaving. I'm just going to put it that way. But I don't also fault people for wanting to. Yeah. But. You know, I would recommend we all stay because I, I feel like he I feel like he and the Saudis bought Twitter to destroy it ahead of an election, honestly.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I
2: just want to take it. Tim Wise,
1: I tweeted this out so you can find it on my feed. But and, and it was quote tweeted by someone else. But Tim Wise wrote this amazing thread. He says, as people flee Twitter or threaten to. In response to Elon's takeover he, he basically goes on and he talks about black Twitter and he talks about how white people uh, are crying and insisting it's so hard and there he's got this whole story but he's saying it's white people who are leaving Bla- if basically if black people left Twitter I think Twitter would just die but his whole point here is like black people don't cry and leave they stay and fight and they're used to it they don't have the luxury of just throwing their hands in the air and going it's too hard and he's right I I I love this thread it's a fantastic thread and I everybody should fucking read it so again you can find it on my feed I don't know how many things I'm going to tweet before this thing is is aired but it will be on my feed it's Tim Wise fucking great thread but anyway I know you have to go Allison I'm I, I I adore you and I'm so grateful you were on the show today and i hope you're right about your prediction <laughs>
2: so <laughs> i hope i am too and i'm not gonna take that tweet down if i'm wrong i'll just admit i was wrong yeah uh, because i'm not nine <laughs> uh, like like elon taking down his tweet maybe there's more to this pelosi story <laughs> fuck him really god i, I guess If by more you mean more criminal charges based on his confession, then yes.
1: Yeah. Wow. Um, All right, cool. Well, then, as I usually ask you, tell everyone where to find you. Oh,
2: uh, on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, At MullerSheWrote. You can also check out our uh, wonderful, amazing podcast network, mswmedia.com. And... um, I'm also at Allison Gill on Twitter and at the Daily Beans Pod. Daily Beans Pod Twitter.
1: Yes, Daily Beans Pod, and then obviously, I'm author Kimberly on Twitter, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y, and actually I joined Counter Social, and I'm just Kimberly Johnson over there. So my books are on Amazon. Allison, thank you so much, and uh, I don't know, let's win. Yes, let's. (laughs) All right, you take care.